Hello, everybody. Welcome to At The Apex. My name is Christian. And for the first episode in this series, I just wanted to give a little info about myself and the channel. So first things first, I just wanted to clarify that this is just a fan-based channel. I'm a huge fan of Formula One, and that's kind of what I'm going to stick with. There's not going to be a whole lot of technical data in this. I'm not an expert by any means. I'm just doing this for fun. Formula One is my passion, and I don't have too many people that I know of that are into Formula One. I figured it would be fun to make a podcast and broadcast to the world or to whoever wants to listen besides my wife about Formula One because she's getting tired of it and kind of explain to new people what's going on in the sport. Uh, there's a lot of complicated stuff that happens in Formula One as we found out in the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix just recently. So my goal is to just answer questions and figure stuff out for the newer fans and maybe veteran fans who have been in the sport for a while. Uh, it's just going to be a good time and we'll figure it out from there. I'm going to start by doing some race rundowns. Uh, we're going to call it that instead of a race review because everybody does race reviews. Race rundown sounds a lot better than a race review and it makes me sound smarter than I actually am. So we're going to start with that. Either way, this is going to be the At The Apex podcast. Please tune in for the next few episodes and hopefully it's to your liking. I will be taking fan questions and hopefully trying to answer them for everybody and try and enlighten everybody on what's going on in the sport. And if there's any confusion, hopefully clear everything up. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to At the Apex Formula One. My name is Christian, and I am your host. And first things first, I wanted to say a quick thank you for everybody for their support and subscribing, and to everybody that has listened to the intro. Thank you very much for making my dream come true of making a podcast and having people listen. So... Diving into today, what I'm going to do is since we are or were on an off week for Formula One, I'm actually going to do some team rundowns for you guys so we can all have a little bit of info on the teams and kind of go through what's going on with the cars and concepts and with their drivers uh, this year and give a little bit of history on the team. So... First things first, we are going to start with the big one, Mercedes. They have been dominant for the past eight years, and a lot of people new to the sport have only seen Mercedes as number one in the sport. And now, all of a sudden, they are really struggling to pretty much be in fourth at this point. Um, so I just kind of wanted to give a little bit of a backstory to Mercedes at the moment. So we're not going to go too far back into the history of Mercedes. Uh, they did have a couple seasons in the 50s, but right now we're going to start at 2008 when actually Honda had their own factory racing team and they decided to leave the sport as they normally do. It's a reoccurring theme with Honda. That's uh, We'll touch base on that later. Either way, 
When Honda left the sport, Ross Braun actually bought the team. He created Braun GP. Now, Braun GP came out of the blocks just throwing punches. They created a car that was a second and a half faster than every other team on the grid that year in testing. And I believe that they won the first five races in a row and ultimately won the World Drivers' Championship with Jensen Button and the Constructors' Championship. So after Braun GP, they only lasted the one year Mercedes actually came in and bought it in 2010. Their drivers were Nico Rosberg and Michael Schumacher. And we all thought that Michael Schumacher was going to have his great return and going to win a few more championships. And it didn't really happen. He had a few shining moments, pole position at Monaco. Um, the team wasn't really doing that amazing. These were the years that Sebastian Vettel were actually dominating in Red Bull from 2010 to 13. He won his four World Drivers Championships at that point. But in 2014, they started winning and they never stopped. In 2014 and 15, Lewis won the World Drivers Championship with Mercedes and Nico Rosberg won it in 2016, and then 17, 18, 19, and 20, Lewis won it again. And the Constructors' Championship was won from 2014 to 2021, so a full eight years of dominance from Mercedes. And that brings us to our next point. Uh, we've got 2022 of last year and this year, and... Mercedes is just struggling to keep up with the pace. So why is Mercedes struggling so much after so many years of dominance? So in my opinion, one of the big factors is the cost cap. So back in 2020, they were spending a... I think I read somewhere that it was in the mid $400 million that season to win the championship. And now all of the teams are capped at $140 million for this year and $145 for last year. And for a team that was running on such a high budget to basically cut their budget into a third of what they were spending previously, it's really hard to make the most out of what you have when you had unlimited resources and money to do what you really wanted to do with the vehicle whenever you wanted to do it. And you didn't have any wind tunnel restrictions, which is something that they are struggling with now. So all of this is just efficiency of the team is key to success in this era of Formula One. It's very hard to take a team that has been so dominant and had everything that they wanted to do and slim it back to a very minimalistic team that is very efficient with what they do. And I'm sure that Mercedes is going to figure it out. They are, they're inevitable. They are going to be a team that will be back on top. History will repeat itself and there is nothing that's really going to stop them. They just need to figure everything out. So what is going on with their car? 
if they change the side pods to a normal and conventional style, they will start winning. Uh, it No, I don't think that that's going to change anything. The side pods are just a feature of the car. The big performance gains are going to be underneath the car where we can't see. These cars are all ground effect cars now, and most of the downforce and all of the cornering ability is going to be from the floor. The wings are going to help, but the floor is your biggest concept in this vehicle. If you don't get the floor right, then everything is going to struggle from here on in. And that's the problem that they really have going on right now. Last year, Mercedes had a really big porpoising issue. And what that is, is it's when they're going down the straightaway, they would have a giant load on the car and it would smash into the ground. Then it would bounce back up and the wings would stall essentially. Then it would get back into the original position it was at and it would smash back down into the floor. And this would create that oscillating on the front straightaway that was the porpoising. So when they were talking about last year's car and saying how much drag it had, that means that the amount of downforce and everything that they had on the car was counterproductive to the performance of the vehicle. Now, they kind of have the opposite of what they had last year with this year. They fixed the porpoising, but now they're having lack of downforce issues with the car. So the rear end of the car, from what I've heard, is not as stable and it's not as planted as they wanted it to be. And that's really making them struggle through the corners and trying to put the power down and keep the tires alive. And there's just... Once you get to the point of not being able to use the tires, you're not going to be able to make performance gains. So let's get back to the side pods here for a second. The side pods, in my opinion, are not going to be the issue. Uh, they do not offer any kind of downforce gains. Uh, what they're going to do is they're basically going to channel air. And the way that Mercedes has engineered their car, they are they're getting the downforce that they need from the wings. And if they want to change the side pods, it's not it's not as simple as just whacking on a new set of side pods and calling it good and they're going to win everything. When you actually take a look at the car, if you put the bigger side pods on, they are going to have to re-engineer the whole car. So the way that the car is designed at the moment is for all of the airflow to be directed over the car in a certain way. So with no side pods on the car, they have air flowing where they need it to uh, at an exact rate that they want it to. Now when you put the bigger side pods on there and have this big obstruction of air block basically, on the side, they are going to have to redirect the air around the side pods from the front, and then they're going to have to get all the air to go over the back areas correctly with those side pods in the way. So it's basically redesigning the whole car, which in my opinion, they're going to have to redesign the car no matter what. 
I don't know why after last year they decided that they wanted to keep this concept of car and try to make it work. I'm not sure if they thought that their changes for this year are going to be a huge step. Apparently, they met their goals that they wanted to over the winter for performance gains, but either their goals were too low or they already had this concept going and they're already throwing away this season to make something new for 2024, which at this point is more than likely. There is no way that they are going to be able to turn themselves around, especially with the cost cap and trying to make everything happen for this year. I think that they're going to have to forfeit this season at this point and basically just try and redesign the car for 2024. I know it's really painful to hear that Mercedes is already on the back foot and they are going to have to give up this season, but the concept that they've got is just not working. The ceiling of the performance of the car is just, it's so low compared to everybody else. So now they're going to have to double back, redo the whole car, and try and make up the gains that everybody else is already gaining, and Mercedes is just falling farther behind. It is unfortunately a big thing in this sport. People just don't get something right, and then they have to make up the time. You know, we're seeing that with McLaren. We've seen it with Williams for a very long time. And Mercedes is just, it's their time to try and get this team back up and running and get the car, car concept correct. They will. It's just going to be a game of patience and making sure that they get their next concept right and not rush trying to make something really quick to be able to be in the game. So the next big issue that they have is just team morale at this point. You know, after coming off of eight Constructors World Championships, they were riding that wave and that high for so long. And now they come into this new era of Formula One and they are just bombing it. The team, every time you hear an interview from anybody in the team, whether it's Toto or the drivers or anybody they are just so down about what's going on with the team and this is going to be a real test for Toto he needs to keep that team motivated and he's got to keep that morale high in that team it's really hard to make any kind of gains when the whole team is down and when they come on the radio and say how terrible the car is and the whole world can hear it that's making it so speaking of unhappy and unenthused, this brings me to Lewis Hamilton. Um, man, I have never seen Lewis so just dejected from the sport as he did in Saudi Arabia during his interview. That man does not look like he is going to be in the sport for very long, in my opinion. There are some red flags that have come up, you know, with the departure of Angela, his best friend pretty much in the sport and personal trainer i mean they were as close as you can be angela and lewis have been a team for almost a decade and for a 
a sport that needs as much mental strength as you can get for him to lose somebody like that is just it's one of the worst things that can probably happen to a driver and i don't think that lewis is going to find anybody that can replace angela that is just a big hole to fill and i don't think that anybody is up for that especially this late in the game for lewis and it kind of just throws up a red flag of i know that they say they left on good terms, but is this a buildup for him saying, I'm going to retire soon and you should probably go find something else to do because you need to secure your future? Because at this point, Lewis is not going to win a championship for quite some time. And if he wanted to, he is going to have to change teams. And there is no team that is really going to take Lewis to win a championship. Because if you look at Red Bull, Red Bull is definitely not going to have Lewis after 2021. There is a lot of bad blood there. Um, Ferrari is... There's been a lot of hype around Lewis moving to Ferrari. I personally don't think that that's going to happen. This could age very well. But... Charles is their star driver at the moment. They are putting everything in for him, even though it doesn't seem like it. They are will cover Ferrari later. That's a deep hole. And Carlos is there for another couple years. So they're not going to bring in another driver to challenge their star driver. And the same thing is going to happen with uh, Aston Martin, you know, Fernando is there for another two years, and they're not going to get rid of Stroll. Stroll is daddy's boy in that team, and he is not going to lose his seat. Um, Other than that, there's not really a competitive team to be had. Um, Everybody else is a mid to low level team, and Lewis wants to win. He doesn't want to take on another project. So... Unfortunately, I think if he wants to win another championship, he is going to end up having to stay with Mercedes and just wait it out. Uh, Next rule change is 2026, as I said, and we'll see if they can produce a better car. I mean, we'll find out. At this point, we are all just holding our breath to see what Mercedes brings to Baku and later on in the season because they are promising all these gains in the car and we'll find out if it's going to happen or not. But Lewis definitely needs a lifeline and I don't know if it's going to happen. In my opinion, I think he is going to retire from the sport here in the next couple years and this is just the buildup to it. I'm... I'm not sure where he's going to go with that. But on to the other driver, we have Russell, who has looked more of a team leader than Lewis in the last couple races. Russell has been just, he's been crushing it in that team. He is upbeat. He is bringing that car into the points that he needs to and just making every opportunity count for him. Um, you know, Russell seemed like he was the only happy person in the team in Saudi Arabia. Was that because he 
default got third and then lost it. But um, who knows? Either way, Russell is looking more of a team leader. And I think what is really happening in that team is Russell is seeing like Lewis is running out of time and he needs to make himself a presence in that team. He is betting himself in and doing all the right things. You know, he, he's going to be the team leader in that team here very soon. Um, like I said, I don't know when Lewis. This also brings up their third driver, Mick. Mick Schumacher coming back home to where his dad was. Um, for them to hire Mick as a test driver, I'm almost wondering if they are just securing their future if Lewis decides to leave, that they will have somebody who is capable of driving the car and bringing a competitive edge to the team. Um, I know that they've had a couple other options for that team, for that position, but for them to choose Mick, you know, Mick is young and he is a very capable driver. Um, his time at Haas was a little bit rough, as you all have seen, I'm sure, but he's a really good driver and I just don't think that he gelled with that Haas as well as he should have. And I'm wondering if this is something that Mercedes is, you know, they had him drive in the simulator and kind of figured out where he's at with the car and kind of made a baseline decision of, look, if Lewis leaves the team, George will take the lead position and at least we'll have another driver of, uh, capable of bringing some points home and making our team kind of still progress. Um, it was just very bizarre to see him come onto the team. I know that him and Toto were pretty close, but, uh, you know, I, I just wonder if they are gearing up for something that we don't know, you know, on that note, it's, uh, Kind of a moot point, but, you know, this past year in uh, Race of Champions, uh, Mick did finish second in that whole series, which is pretty impressive. He ended up beating Vettel. Uh, Botas was there. They had a bunch of other rally drivers who he beat. Um, it was pretty impressive to see how well he actually did when he did not have pressure on him. Um that's one of the big things in the sport is pressure. And I think, you know, Mercedes with their no blame culture, uh, they just, it seems like it would be kind of a better fit for Mick. And yeah, it was just a side note that I kind of thought of that I would share with you guys. So anyway, uh, here we are at the end of the podcast. I hope that you all enjoyed it and you made it this far into the recording. Um, if you guys have any other questions that you want to ask me or have any suggestions for the channel on how this episode went, how I should change it, what you guys think would be better, please feel free to reach out. I have an email address for the podcast. It's at the apex F one at gmail.com. Uh, please just shoot me a message and I will answer any questions and take a look at any, um, any suggestions and 
you know, give them a shot and we'll, we'll go from there. But thank you very much for listening. You guys are awesome. And I look forward to recording the next episode and hearing from you all. Thank you very much for tuning in and we will see you next time.